0: breathing in air the fake ain't phony they just seeing impaired cuz you believe what you see or believe what ain't there the real world is twisted and to me it ain't fair cuz pretty people seem welcome to the voices in my head the intro and outro music is west and coast by the high council you can check them out on soundcloud Welcome back. Came across this interesting article and is on the Rutherford Institute and their website is rutherford.org and it is dated February 27th, 2023. Now, Rutherford, I think, is more of a libertarian think tank now. I know John Whitehead, I believe, is a constitutional attorney. He, when uh first came across Rutherford Institute many, many years ago, I think they were more Republican, conservative, However, I think they've left them and gone more libertarian. And you're going to see in the article when they talk about, Different politicians, they don't get into party, and I think that's why I'm leaning that way. So the headline of this article is a nanny state, idiocracy, when government thinks it knows best. And there is a quote: "Whether the mask is labeled fascism, democracy, or dictatorship of the pro of the proletariat, our great adversary remains the apparatus, the bureaucracy, the police, the military." And that is by Simone Weil, French philosopher. This article starts off with: "It's hard to say whether we're dealing." with a kleptocracy, a government ruled by thieves, a kakistocracy, a government ruled by unprincipled career politicians, corporations, and thieves that panders to the worst vices in our nature and has little regard for the rights of American citizens, or if we've gone straight to an idiocracy. And if you've not seen the movie, watch the movie because that's where we're headed. For instance, an animal welfare bill introduced in the Florida state legislature would ban the sale of rabbits in March and April. And I actually saw that and that was because of Easter. They, They think, too many people buy rabbits at Easter and then get rid of them. Prohibit cat owners from declawing their pets. Now, the once I personally abhor declawing pets, but some people will only have a cat if they declaw it and if they're giving a good home. OK, make it illegal for dogs to stick their heads out of car windows. And I actually saw that article. I was going to do an episode on that, that now cops have to pull people over if they see a car, a dog sticking their head out the window. Force owners to place dogs in a harness or in a pet seat belt when traveling traveling in a car, and require police to create a public list of convicted animal abusers. So we're going to have a sex offenders list, and we're going to have an animal abusers list. Now, people that are truly abusers, I have no problems with that. The problem is we're seeing here, if you allow your dog to stick his head out the window, you are now on this abusers list. If you don't your dog in a harness or a cage or something, a pet seat belt in your car, you now go on this abuser's list. And that to me is not abuse. It, I think it detracts from the real abusers in the world. And then, and then this article actually has links to these different articles. So you can look them up. A Massachusetts law prohibits drivers from letting their car idle for more than five minutes on penalty of a $100 fine, $500 for repeat offenders, even in the winter. So you cannot go warm up your car five or 10 minutes before. Once again, nanny state telling you, you can't even run idle your car. You're paying for the gas. You're paying for the wear and tear on the engine. You're paying for the oil changes. You're paying for the insurance, but you cannot do what you want with that vehicle. You could also be fined $20 or a month in jail for scaring pigeons. All right. Now I don't like the idea of people scaring pigeons, especially up North where you have parks and you have tons of pigeons and you get people that just sort of get amusement from running through and scaring them but once again nanny state back to the article the, the government's bureaucratic attempts at muscle flexing by the way of overregulation and over have reached such outrageous limits that federal and state governments now require on penalty of a fine that individuals apply for permission before they can grow exotic orchards host elaborate dinner parties Gather friends in one's home for Bible studies, give coffee to the homeless, let their kids manage a lemonade stand, keep chickens as pets, or braid someone's hair, as ludicrous as that may have seemed. Now, some of these I am familiar with. In certain city limits, you cannot have chickens. Certain cities I've read that if you have a garden in your front yard, you're going to be fined. Now, a lot of older homes. That's where you had that's where the kids played. They played in the front yard, not the backyard. So you didn't have a large backyard, you had a large front yard. So that's the only place they have land. And they want to just grow a small little garden. They don't like it. Now the host elaborate dinner parties, once again, not familiar with that, but I can see in certain areas that they limit how many people you can have over. And they've tried to limit Bible studies in homes. I've seen that years ago. Back to the article. Consider, for example, that businesses in California were ordered to designate an area of the children's toy aisle quote, gender neutral or face a fine. And they actually have a link to the article, and I remember that, that you could not say here are the boys' toys and here are the girls' toys. You just had to label them as gender neutral. Whether or not the toys sold or traditionally marketed to boys or girls, such as Barbies and Hot Wheels, California schools are prohibited from allowing students to access websites, novels, or religious works that reflect negatively on gays. So schools will allow The same kids to read pornography, and I mean blatant pornography, some of the books that when you watch some of the school board hearings, parents will take a book that their sixth grader got out of the school library, start reading out of that book, and they shut them down for using vulgar language. So the school board doesn't want to hear the, the parents say those words as they're reading it word for word from the book, but it's okay for a sixth grader or a third grader to actually read that book. And while Californians are free to have sex with whomever they choose, because that's none of the government's business, removing a condom during sex without consent can make you liable for general, special, and punitive damages. Now, if you do that intentionally, I... I Personally, agree that you know the you you're having consensual sex with a person, and you agree it's a mutual agreement to wear a condom during the sex. And if you intentionally take that off, and the person doesn't know, I think you violated that agreement. But that's just me, and it may be the devil in the details that if it accidentally comes off in the, the heat of passion, you don't. Neither re- side realizes it's off, and to blame the guy. Or the person wearing the condom, if it's two guys, I think you have to prove intent. It's getting worse. Back to the article. Almost every aspect of American life today, especially if it is work-related, is subject to this kind of heightened scrutiny and ham-fisted control, whether you're talking about aspiring bakers, braiders, casting makers, florists, veterinarian, masseuse, tour guides, taxi drivers eyebrow threaders, teeth whiteners, and more. For instance, whereas 70 years ago, one out of every 20 U.S. jobs required a state license, today almost one in three American occupations requires a license. Problem of over has become so bad as one analyst notes, getting a license to style hair in Washington takes more instructional time than becoming an emergency medical technician or a firefighter. I've seen that. Studies and this is different states, it's it does, and it's not Democratic Republican because I've seen it either in southern red states this exact same thing that if you want to become a hairstylist, that you have to go through so many hours of training and licensing, and that other professions do not require that, that that you would think like an EMT or a, I mean even a CNA stuff you know it has to do with medicine you do not require most of this the government sells this as we are protecting the people and it's not it's a money making scheme that if there are a lot of beauticians or people wanting to do a certain task like hair braiding or eyebrow braiding, if there is enough of them to support a government bureaucracy, they will create a license. That's why certain industries never get a license. I was reading about like hypnotists, hypnotherapists, hypnotists. Some states have looked into regulating that, but because there are so few in the state, it's not worth creating the bureaucracy. So they're running these licensing agencies as a business. If there is enough customers that we can force into our business and buy our license to at least cover the cost of the bureaucracy and hopefully make us a profit, we will then do it. But if there is not enough people, then we are not going to create some type of bureaucracy to to oversee it. Back to the article, this is what happens when bureaucrats run the show and the rule of law becomes little more than a cattle prod for forcing the citizenry to march in lockstep with the government. Overregulation is just the other side of the coin to overcriminalization that phenomenon in which everything is rendered illegal and every one becomes a lawbreaker. That is scary, that there are so many laws on the book that you do not even know you're breaking the law. And it's, because I think Stalin did this, communism did this, Soviet Russia, that they basically made everything illegal, and it was not a matter of, are you breaking the law? It's We're going to just find out which law you are breaking, because everybody's breaking the law. So as long as you stay on the good side of the power structure, you're okay. You go on the bad side of the power structure, then they're going to look for something to arrest you for and prosecute you, even though everybody else is doing the exact same thing. Back to the article, as policy analyst Michael Van Beek warns, the problem with over is that there are so many laws on the federal, state, and local levels that we can't possibly know them all. Quote, it is impossible to enforce all these laws. Instead, law enforcement officials must choose which ones are important and which are not. The result is that they pick the laws Americans already must follow because they're the ones deciding which laws really matter, concludes Van Beek. Federal, state, and local regulations rules created by the unelected government bureaucrats carry the same force of law and can turn you into a criminal if you violate any one of them. If we violate these rules, we can be prosecuted as criminals, no matter how antiquated or ridiculous, they still carry the full force of the law by letting so many of these sit around just waiting to be used against us. We increase the power of law enforcement, which has lots of options to charge people with legal and regulatory violations. This is so true. If you got a police officer that wants to pull you over, they're going to find a reason to pull you over. And it's not a matter of you're speeding. You didn't use a turn signal to to change lanes. You did not come to a full and complete stop at a stop sign. They're going to look for any little reason. They see a dog moving in the, the back of your car. Oh, you don't have it uh, on a seatbelt. I'm going to pull you over. Then I'm going to try to see if I can get you for a DUI or a drug arrest or what other things I can expand on that initial stop. Or they see a black man with dreadlocks and they want to be racist, but they see a dog in the back back of the car. They're pulling them over for, quote, the dog, not for a racial profiling stop. Back to the article. This is the police state's superpower. It has been vested with the authority to make our lives a bureaucratic hell. That explains how a fisherman can be saddled with 20 years jail time for throwing fish that were too small back into the water. Or why police arrested a 90-year-old man for violating ordinance that prohibits feeding the homeless in and public unless and portable toilets are also made available. This shows how insane our government is. They don't care about the homeless. They don't give a crap about the homeless. A 90-year-old man is feeding them, and they arrest him because he doesn't have johns for them. He doesn't have porta-potties for them. Forget that he's giving them food. He's helping them live and survive. Back to the article, the laws can be downright silly. For instance, you can also find yourself passing time in a Florida slammer for such inane activities as singing in a public place while wearing a swimsuit, breaking more than three dishes at a time, farting in public plays after 6 p.m. on a Thursday and skateboarding without a license. So farting in public every other day of the week except Thursday after 6 p.m., fine, you're good. That's the insanity of some of these laws. Now, I'm sure they may have been a good reason for not farting on Thursdays after 6 p.m. in Florida, I doubt if it's still valid today. But these stay on the book, and you will have police that, if they know something about it, they will trump it up or a DA. If they're trying to cover a bad arrest, they're going to look for one of these inane laws that no one has ever used before or hasn't used that that police department has never used. In this way, America has gone from being a beacon of freedom to a lockdown nation, and quote, we the people sold on the idea that safety, security, and material comforts are preferred to freedom, have allowed the government to pave over the constitution in order to enact a concentration camp. Little side note, he doesn't bring it up. Anybody that's on jury duty, before you go, on jury duty, Google. Jury nullification. This is something that's been around, I think, for over about 150 years, and it really became prominent prior to the Civil War, where a jury has a right to say, yes, we know technically you broke the law. You clearly violated the law. However, we think the law is inane and is stupid, and we're still going to ignore the fact and find you not guilty. This became very prominent in several of the non-slave states that had laws that if a escaped slave ended up in that state and got picked up or arrested or whatever the term they used, that the owner could come to that non-slave state and that slave had to be returned. Well, the jury notification came out because jurors were sitting in the trial and said, we don't care that the law says that slave has to be returned. We are not returning that slave. That is a free man. That is a human being. He's going to be free in our state and we're going to ignore the law, even though the law is clearly broken. The law is wrong. As jury, before you go on a jury, Google jury notification to realize you have that power. You can say, nope, I don't care. And I've already decided that if I'm getting called to jury duty and it's on a minor pot violation now, this is insane. Now, maybe if the guy is a tractor trailer full of marijuana, uh, I will consider it. But just basic pot No. Back to the article. We labor today under the weight of countless tyrannies, large and small, carried out in the so-called name of the national good by an elite class of governmental and corporate officials who are largely insulated from the ill effects of their actions. We increasingly find ourselves badgered, bullied, and browbeaten to bearing the brunt of their arrogance, paying the price of their greed, suffering the backlash of their their... their militarism, agonizing as a result of their inaction, feigning ignorance about their backroom dealings, overlooking their incompetence, turning a blind eye to the misdeeds, cowering from their heavy-handed tactics, and blindly hoping for change that never comes. We saw with the whole banking scandal back in, uh, was it 2008, 2009, now one banker went to jail. Now, companies were fine, but no one went to jail. I'm going to skip down through the article because he has some uh, highlighted points here. We asked our lawmakers to be tough on crime, and we've been saddled with an overabundance of laws that criminalize almost every aspect of our lives. Instead of enforcing the laws we have, they just create more. So far, we have up to 4,500 criminal laws and 300,000 criminal regulations that results in average Americans unknowingly engaging in criminal acts at least three times a day. For instance, a family of 11-year-old girl was issued a five. $535 fine for violating the Federal Migratory Bird Act after the young girl rescued a baby woodpecker from predatory cats. You can have this issue if you're in a federal national park, you're walking through the woods, you see this beautiful feather on the ground, you pick it up and you start carrying it and a game warning comes up to you and you get hit with a federal felony because that is a bald eagle feather. It is protected and you're not allowed to have it. You're not allowed to even possess it. Pick it up off the ground. You're going to be arrested. And they don't care the fact that you did not know that it was a feather. They don't even tell you, hey, you need to leave that on the ground. You're not. They don't give you a warning. They're just going to arrest you and charge you with a felony. We wanted criminals taken off the streets. And we didn't want to have to pay for their incarceration. What we've got is a nation that boasts the highest incarceration rate in the world. With more than 2.3 million people locked up. Many of them doing time for relatively minor non-violent crimes, and a private prison industry fueling the drive for more inmates who are forced to write corporations with cheap labor. That, that's disgusting. We wanted law enforcement agencies to have the necessary resources to fight the nation's war on terror, crime, and drugs. And what we do, we militarized their police. We deck them out with M-16, grenade launchers, silencers, battle tanks, hollow point bullets. I mean, they... We have militarized them. They become a paramilitary organizations. How many times do you see police officers? They're out on duty and they're dressed like they're about to go to Fallujah that they just came out of Fallujah. They have fatigues on, combat boots. Now, I understand if they're a canine officer and they got their dog with them, they may be running through the bush. I get that. But just regular patrol officers dressing like that, I have a serious problem with the, just that look. And it's they dress that way for intimidation. I'm going to skip down towards the end of the article. The problem with these devils bargains is there's always a catch, always a price to pay for whatever it is we valued so highly as to barter away our precious possessions. We bartered away our right to self-governance, self-defense, privacy, autonomy, and that most important right of all, the right to tell the government to leave me the hell alone. Very interesting and I think we're heading to a situation in our society where this is just going to come to a head. I'm not sure exactly how it's going to turn out. I just know it's not going to turn out pretty. Very fascinating. Check out the Rutherford Institute. I I like them because out of all this, he never brought up the word Republican or Democrat. Didn't try to blame one party. He's clearly saying it is both parties that are doing this. Thanks for listening.